right, so here we go. I'm jumping right into teaching. We're not, we're not sometimes, some weeks we greet, but um, we just got so much going on. Plus, later on, we're just having a really fun family time together. So, really short teaching. Last week, I taught much more lengthily on baptism and its importance and why we're doing this. And uh, so, you can also go back on our website and even uh, listen to the podcast if you want. But tonight, I want to talk about, very quickly, I'm going to do like the um, paraphrased version of three stories in the book of Acts about baptism and just hit a punchline with the, uh, with the verse. So the first one, this is the uh, Acts chapter 2, um, where Peter shares the good news with the crowd on the day of Pentecost. Now, what does that mean? It means Jesus has died on the cross already. He's, he's uh, been raised. He's walking the earth still before he's uh, raised into heaven. And he says to his disciples, you're going to need to wait for the Holy Spirit because this is a guy you got to have. He's a game changer. You're going you're gonna to need him, so wait for him. So they were waiting for him. And on a festival called Pentecost, uh, the Jewish festival, Holy Spirit shows up in a powerful way that day. That's why we call it the day of Pentecost. He shows up. And literally the scriptures say, like, as, as he showed up, it was like tongues of fire that rested on everyone who was there. Suddenly, they're filled with the Spirit. They're speaking in languages that, that nobody knew. Uh, all of a sudden, they're feeling his presence. It's, it, and it's so unusual. It's, so, it's kind of a little bit on the crazy side that those who are on the outside watching, they say, what is going on here? Are you guys drunk? And uh, Peter stands up and starts to preach. And he says, I assure you, we're not drunk. It's only 9 in the morning. We're not like that. We don't start drinking at 9 in the morning. That's not us. But what he says is, this is the Holy Spirit. This is every... He starts bringing the scriptures in, talking about the prophecies of old that say that God is coming. His Spirit is coming to rest in you, not just out here, but inside of you. He says, Jesus came to die on a cross for you to take your sin away so that the Spirit of God could live right inside of you. Peter says, this is that. This is that thing that was spoken about. And he also says to them, you who don't understand, you were the very ones on the street, on the mob, crying, crucify him. Now, all of a sudden, these people are feeling horrible. They're like, it says their, their heart, they were cut to the heart, like, oh, no, what did we do? And so their next question is, they say, come on, there we go. Brothers, what are we to do? Peter, what do we do? Peter says to them, repent, which means change your old ways of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, because of the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. And I am quite convinced that Papa is in heaven calling all of his children to himself. Like his heart knows no limits. And so tonight, as we're baptizing, it's not only that the the old is gone, the old life is gone, you're a, a new creation in Christ, but also there's a special significance about the gift of the Holy Spirit given so after the, uh, the ones that are being baptized tonight, they're going to actually be taken back into the hallway where Russ and Susan and some others, a team, are going to be back there who are going to pray over them and just pray and release the blessing of the Holy Spirit and, and pray and prophesy, which just means listening to God's heart and speaking his heart over them. Um, we just believe that, that that's all part of the package, like what God has for us. So here's story number two. 
told you this was going to be quick. Acts chapter 8. Philip baptizes an Ethiopian eunuch. It's a crazy story. It's a, it's a story about Philip listening to the Holy Spirit, by the way. Because sometimes God will just tell you to do something off the wall. And you're like, you have this impression. Like, I think I'm supposed to go do that. Follow it. Do it. That's what this story tells you is do it. So, so Philip's like minding his own business, except he's with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit tells him, I want you to go out into this deserted road like at noon. Really, Lord? Okay. He goes. Next thing you know, at about such time, this Ethiopian guy, he's driving along in this chariot. And, and then the Holy Spirit says, I want you to jump in that chariot. Like, okay. So first he like, starts trotting along, you know, next to the, this is how the story goes. He's trotting along next to the chariot. And, and uh, the Ethiopian eunuch is, is reading from a scroll. He's reading Isaiah about Jesus, about how the lamb was slain for us. And, and all, um, <laughs> all Philip says is, do you know about whom you're reading? Do you know who this is about? That's all he does. Can I tell you something? You're going to run into a lot of people who are hungry for the Lord, for Jesus. And they're going to know little bits and pieces, right? Because they just hear something and it intrigues them. So rather than telling them, oh, you got the story wrong. You don't get it. What's your problem? No, no, no. Just take the little piece they know and expand it for them. That's all that Philip did. He he just took that little word that this guy was excited about and said, let me tell you about that. And he started explaining Jesus. So here they are. The guy says, hop in. There's Philip explaining Jesus to this guy who didn't know who Jesus was. He just knew the Old Testament scriptures. And the very next thing, this is just awesome. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's some water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. I told you last week, this is going to happen. I'm, I know I have a somewhat of a new crowd. If you're talking to somebody about Jesus, they get excited about Jesus and say, well, I want to follow him. Great. Let, you know, lead them to follow Jesus, and if you can, baptize them. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the ordained pastor. I was ordained in a seminary, I promise. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Jesus said, I give you all authority. Go and proclaim the good news and baptize, baptize. He's telling you it's okay. There's Philip. He baptizes him right there. I told you this last week, but I got to say it again. Here in Dublin, David Kim, who's the pastor of this church on Sunday mornings, he takes groups around door to door. And they went into a home that was Muslim and, and uh, started talking to them about Jesus. They were somewhat interested, but, you know, politely so maybe. All of a sudden, the grandma comes in and says, I've been listening to you. I need you to tell me something. I've been having these dreams about this man in white <laughs> who keeps coming to me. Can you tell me about him? They say, absolutely. So first, grandma's saved. Then the whole house is saved. And what do they do? They go into the bathroom and they baptize him in the, in the bathtub. In other words, those days aren't sometime. Those are happening now. They're happening now. Some of you are going to be so stirred today. I'm speaking this, that some of you are going to say, after we're doing the baptisms, I'm going to offer, if anyone wants to be baptized, I would not be shocked at all if one or more of you said, let me in there. Even if you've never fully given your heart to Jesus, that's the perfect time to say, I want to follow Jesus. Let's be baptized. You're going to have that opportunity tonight. Hey, that's cool. Here's the third story. Paul and Silas in jail. This is another crazy story. Have you ever read this book? Like this, this book is full of amazing stories. Paul and Silas are in jail. I will spare you the details because of time about 
how they were falsely accused, and that landed them in jail. Now they're literally in shackles. And, and all of a sudden, God shows up. You know, earthquake, there's amazing. Well, first of all, they were worshiping, and the other, the other prisoners are listening like, what is going on? These guys are worshiping God with all their heart after they've been falsely accused, and they're in shackles, right? So, so then, you know, God shows up in power. The shackles break off. I'm shortening the story way down. You just got to read it. It's great. And, and, and the next thing that happens is the jailer who was asleep, <laughs> oops, he, he all of a sudden wakes up, sees what happened, and he's about to kill himself. He's about to commit suicide with the sword. See, this is a great adventure story, you know? And, all, and Paul and Silas, they say, no, don't do it. It's just us. It was God. It's okay. Come here. Let me, let's tell you about Jesus. Wouldn't you, I just have a question. If you were in shackles and God just all of a sudden breaks you free, wouldn't you probably hightail it out of the prison? <laughs> Not these guys. <laughs> They're like, wherever we are, it's fair game. <laughs> so they start talking to him about Jesus. And then, <laughs> I love these. The jailer gets a torch, ran inside, badly shaken. He collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He led them out of the jail, and he asked, okay, I guess he was out of the jail. Sorry. Okay, I got the details slightly wrong. Sir, what do I have to do to be saved, to really live? They said, put your entire trust in the master Jesus, and then you'll live as you were meant to live, and everyone in your house included. We keep hearing that theme. They went on to spell out in detail the story of the master and the entire family got in on this part. They never did get to bed that night. <laughs> the jailer made them feel at home, dressed their wounds, and then he couldn't wait till morning, was baptized. He and everyone in his family, there in his home, he had food set out for a festive meal. It was a night to remember. He and his entire family had put their trust in God. Everyone in the house was in on the celebration. Are you getting... <laughs> Are you getting what a big deal this is from heaven's vantage point? I'm telling you, it's something so much more than what we're seeing in the physical. And I want you to get that because some of you in this room still haven't been baptized. I'm not saying you have to tonight because maybe you, you're not ready to do that. But if you are, what a great night to do it. And I'm, say, I'm just trying to stir something in you to say, you know what? I get it. I get this is more important than I understand. I'm willing to do that. So um, what about tonight? Tonight... Um, the baptismal waters. I mentioned this earlier, but... So this is Romans 6 in uh, the Message Bible. It says, um, don't you realize that we... Let's see, when you were in your baptism, don't you realize that we packed up and left our old life for good? That's what happens in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are covered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. And when we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. That's just yummy good. That was Romans 6 in the Message Bible. So we're going to do that tonight. And then after that, 
we're going to have something we call fire tunnel. Okay, it doesn't look exactly like that. But isn't that cool? <laughs> in the spirit realm, though. Because did you notice, did you notice in, these, uh, in these passages, there, it was celebratory, and the family got in on it. So even if you've already been baptized, you get to celebrate too. We're all going to celebrate together. So later on, what we call a fire tunnel, and I'll explain it more in detail, but we're going to have uh, several of our leaders kind of like in two lines, and you're going to walk through them and just get blessed, blessed, blessed. And we're going to bless everybody to do that. Um, Don't worry. You don't have to do this if you don't want to. There's nothing here that's going to be manipulated. I promise you that. All right. But I'm also giving you advanced excitement, anticipation for it. So right now, the kids are coming back in, which is great. And um, we're going to hear two testimonies about Jesus and the difference that he's made in two different lives. And then then we're going to do the baptisms. All right. And um, if you were here a few weeks ago, I showed you a video of back in the 70s in, um, in Costa Mesa. And there were a bunch of uh, especially younger people that were baptized right in the ocean. Remember all this if you were here? Um, I won't go into the whole story because it would take too much time. But after that night, Candy came up and told me I was there. I was one of those. So I said, Candy, you have got to come up and share. So she's going to be the first one, and then we'll hear from one more. So come on up. This is Candy McHugh. So I was... um I was 15 when I got saved. It was 1971. And a friend of mine told me about this church called Calvary Chapel. So we went to church, and it was like the most amazing thing I'd ever been to. I was raised Catholic, and I'd never seen anyone raise their hands or worship the way that they did. The church was probably about this size, maybe a little bigger. But everywhere there was people. It was packed. There were people sitting everywhere, in the aisles, in the front row, in the back. And um, the pastor that was preaching that night, his name was Lonnie Frisbee. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him. (laughs) And um, so towards the end of the service, he said, all those people that want to come up and accept Jesus into your heart, come up to the front stage. We're going to pray for you. So there was about 30 of us that night that came up. And um, I kind of lingered. I kind of held back a little bit. And I was thinking to myself, well, I know Jesus. I'm a Catholic. And, um, but I, I went ahead and went up with the group, and we prayed. And I knew after that prayer, after accepting Jesus, beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was real. There was no doubt in my mind. And it was, I remember every detail about that night. It was such a special night. Um, Lonnie Frisbee, somebody very close to him got saved that night. And he was crying and hugging this person and And we were all crying, and I mean, it was just the most amazing thing. Um, Towards the end of the service, they had us all go back into this room and, um, you know, to kind of let us know what we had done. And um, there was this one, as we were leaving the building, there was this older woman. She was in her 80s, and she was crying. She had accepted the Lord that night, and she said, I thought Jesus was just for young people. That it was just like the sweetest, most wonderful, most amazing night. And the thing about the Jesus movement is that every time you went to church, there would be 30, 40 people except the Lord. Every single night you went to church. It was amazing. Two weeks after I had gotten saved, um, 
I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And maybe about a month later, I got baptized in the ocean. And it was like a big, huge group, just like the film that you saw a couple of weeks ago. And um, I just... I just thank God so much because I've known the Lord for 46 years and just just the journey has been and the things that I've seen God do and the things that he's done in my life and other people's lives it's just been such an incredible amazing journey and I would just encourage that if there's anyone here that has never accepted the Lord into your heart that maybe tonight this is something you want to do. I can tell you that it has completely changed my life. And I would, never, I would never turn back from this journey that I've been on. God is the most loving, compassionate Father. There's just, there's just no words to speak what, what he's done in my life through the years. And I just um, want to share a scripture. It's Psalms 139, chapter 13. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. I just, um, you know, God knew me before I was even created or, or in my mother's womb. And all the days of my life were written in his book And I'm just so thankful and grateful for all that God has done in my life. So good. (sighs) Kind of makes you want to get saved every day again, huh? Man. And um, who she's sitting next to, Christian, her grandson, is going to be baptized later today. So, in fact... Before I call up the next one, I, I forgot to um, say, those of you who are being baptized, who already know you're going to be baptized, you can go ahead and go back here and get changed. Um, and some people will be, that, be back there and tell you what, what to do. So especially um, Nathan and Ellie and um, Michelle, because you'll be the first three who are baptized. All right? So yeah, go ahead and go. We just have one more testimony while they're taking off. Awesome. You know I'm serious, right? We're going to find out who, who, which of you wants to be baptized tonight, too. We've got, we've got extra towels, clothes. Like every excuse you have, you just take off your shoes. You take out your wallet. It's that simple. It really is. Um, all right. And uh, so now um, I also just earlier today, I really felt on my heart this. I did, this wasn't a random call, Brad. I just, like, something in my heart said, Brad, Brad Cook, I want to, want you, I just want him to share his story about how he found Jesus and what a difference Jesus made in his life. So would you welcome Brad Cook?
Hey, everybody. Okay, what am I going to say? No. <laughs> um, I just really felt like people are going to get set free tonight from some stuff that you've been setting your heart on other things to fill your heart up, some addiction, some whatever, and God's going to set you free for sure. So thank you, God. That's my story. Um, <laughs> filling up my heart with all the wrong things my whole life. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. It was very religious. Some of you may know what that's like, where God's a list of rules. You know, it's a rule book to follow. If you're not following the rules, that's not all right. You're not all right. You got to do to be instead of be to do. So that's kind of the process I'm in, learning how to be so that I can do. But um, yeah, so I went the opposite direction. Everybody I knew who said they knew God was angry and, and hurt. So why would I want that? You know, why, I'm just going to go do my own thing. At least I could have fun there, right? Pleasure, whatever. So that's what I did. Um, started, I, well, I had some things done to me as a kid that shouldn't have been done to any kid. And so the enemy used that against me a lot to fuel that. You know, you're no good. Um, that's why those things happen. You're ashamed. You know, all these, uh, all these things. And so I started having sex when I was 12. And then I started smoking weed when I was 13. Started drinking a couple of years after that. And then that just became how I connected with people, how I made friends. You know, it was the only thing that would take that edge off, that, that insecurity, that feeling that I'm nothing, you know. Um, I would feel some kind of freedom in that place. It was a false freedom. Addiction is a false freedom. If you're addicted in here, you need to know it's a false sense of something. You know, you're, you're looking for the wrong thing in the wrong place. You're filling your heart with something that is temporal. It's of this world. It doesn't have anything to do with your identity. And that's why God wants to set you free from that. It's because he wants you to be free. God wants you to be free from anything that keeps you from him, anything that keeps you from who you're created to be. God wants you to be free. So my whole life, alcohol, drugs, sex, addicted to whatever I could get my hands on, video games. I had a character on this game, World of Warcraft, with... Over a year of played time. Played time. Not like I had the game for a year, but like physically playing the game for a year of my life. Because it made me feel like I was winning in something, like I was good at something, you know. And that's, what, that's where my, my identity was in. What can I be good at? What can I, you know, even with drinking, it's like, how much can I drink? Let's do this thing, you know. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, uh, there's only so far that can go. It starts to destroy you. You... You know, with the same with, with all addictions. There's only one addiction, by the way, that is good. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But when the, the way addiction works, you need more and more of it to feel the same thing. You're always chasing that first thing. There's another first thing that you should be chasing. It's called first love. But eventually I got to this point where none of those things would satisfy me at all. None of the drugs, none of the alcohol, more and more and more. There were days where I would, I would drink. I was spending $600 a month on whiskey, um, I was smoking a pack a day of cigarettes. I was using ecstasy and coke regularly. Sometimes all that stuff in the same day, <laughs> just uh, you know, just to, to feel good. You know, I wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel like I could make friends, like a party, and all that stuff. Somewhat socially acceptable to do. So why not? You know, and um, eventually got to the place where it just didn't work anymore. And I found myself. You know, I was in a relationship at the time, and up to that point, we were together for like three years, and she was kind of my source of happiness, you know? And then eventually, she couldn't, she couldn't make, it work, make it work anymore. None of the drugs were making it work anymore. And then that's when I felt like the Lord started to call me, call me back. Because even as a kid, I believed in him. 
but I just thought that he was angry. And so I got, I, uh, it's funny how things work. I was feeling so unsatisfied with my life. You know, I had this good job. You know, I had this very beautiful woman. You know, I had a lot of friends, but no satisfaction in my life. There was just this, I felt dead inside everywhere. Everywhere I went, I would get drunk, do whatever. Right after work, I would go to the bar, sometimes during lunch, and then come back just to make it through the day. And it started affecting my work. I started getting, you know, uh, like written up and all these things for being late, missing work. Um, and I was just like, man, I got to do something. This can't be all that life's about, you know. And so I eventually, um, my, my girlfriend at the time, she met this couple who was very successful, said they might be willing to actually speak into my life and help me. And I was like, that sounds weird. Why would you want to help me? I was so cynical, so negative about life. Everybody had bullied me, pushed me into the corner my whole life. Why would anybody want to help me, you know? And so I, you know what I said? You know what, let's go. Let's meet them. And they, um, they were talking about their faith. And I was like, oh, you know, that God stuff, like, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll listen to you. Um, but I saw the fruit on the tree of their life. They had a great marriage. They, they were talking, they were, like, in love with each other after, like, 15 years together. I was like, that's weird. My mom and dad have been fighting my whole life. My mom and dad got divorced um, when I was, like, 18. I think they just tolerated each other for me, but <laughs> which I'm grateful for, actually, um, to not have the home completely broken, um, not to speak against anybody, anybody who has that. But I know that pain where, you know, there's not stability in the home. There's fighting. There's, you, you come home to you don't know what you're going to get. And uh, so I've been there. I know that. And, um, yeah, so I just, you know, I, I trusted them somehow, you know, because they had... A good life, a life that I didn't really see a lot of people had. And so I allowed them to influence me. And that's, that's something that you guys should understand. If you know the Lord in here, your life is such a good testimony. You know, the fruit on the tree of your life is something that people are going to want to pick. <laughs> you don't need to sell your fruit to them. They just feel like, you know what, there's something about your life that I need. You have joy. What is that? You know? And when I was in that place, I didn't know joy. You know, I couldn't even look people in the eye when I talked to them. I was so ashamed of who I was. And I didn't even know who I was. And I, um, oh, Jesus, be so good. <laughs> so good. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> Jesus. Oh, thank you. Whew. Thank you, God. God, you're so good. Thank you, God. Thank you for my life, God. (sighs) (sighs) But eventually, um, I followed this couple to, uh, it's like a conference type thing they were going to speak at, and uh, and there was a man speaking named John Maxwell. Some of you guys might know him. Great man. Man of God. He teaches a lot about leadership and things. Uh, it was a couple days long, the event. But um, it was Saturday night. It, it was a Saturday night and a Sunday night. But I remember the Saturday night, I just felt, man, like, how could I accomplish anything in my life? My whole life, I'm so selfish. It's all about me. I'm so addicted to all these things. And I felt like I, felt like I was at the end of my life. If something didn't change, I didn't think I was going to make it. If I didn't change that weekend, I felt like I would die very soon, be in jail. I had made friends with, like, a Coke dealer, all these crazy things, you know, all the wrong places. And, um, oh, man, 
that, uh, that Sunday night, I remember, it, or the Saturday night, I was just laying there on a couch, and I just started shouting out, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't even know who I was talking to. It just keeps coming out of me. I'm so sorry for my life. And, and so the Sunday morning, I went in. They had, a, they had a church service that morning. And I was like, whatever, you know. John Maxwell's an awesome man, by the way. So I was just like, whatever, he's going to be there, so I'm going to go. Another reason that your example is so important to people because they don't want to hear what you have to say until they know that you care about them, until they know that you love them, and then they're open to you. You don't have to come up to them and just throw Jesus at them right away because that wouldn't have worked for me. Once people said Jesus or God, I'm like, oh, gosh, you're one of those, you know, one of those angry people. You're just going to tell me all the things I did wrong, you know. But that Sunday morning, I walked in, I sat down in a chair, and, and then once that worship band started playing, I just started weeping uncontrollably, just shaking, and I was sobbing, and I felt the presence of God. And, and I knew, I realized then, this is why I'm here this weekend. I'm here for him. And... um. You know, the very simple message, um, God wants you to find him, <laughs> and God wants to bless you, and God wants to know you. That was the three points of the message I still remember. And as he was speaking, in my imagination, the Lord was showing me the events that led me there to that day. All the decisions where I felt like, I don't know, I just, I feel like I need to go this way or do this thing. And, and some of you, that's tonight for you. That's tonight for you right now. You don't know why you're here. You're like, oh, why did I say yes to come here? He says that he will call. Oh, nobody could come to the Father unless they're called. <laughs> so some of, the, some of you here, that's you. But during the altar call, um, you know, they said, just you know, raise your hand and close your eyes or we're going to pray. And, and I'm like, man, when are we going to do that pray thing? You know, like, I'm ready for God. I was so hungry for him. And as we're praying, he just started showing me all the things in my life, all my addictions, all the things that were ruining my life. And I felt like he was saying, will you give them to me? And I just said, yes, take it all. Take my whole life, God. And from that moment, from that time where I said yes to him, where I, where I gave it all to him, I've never had a single cigarette, drug, alcohol, none of it. It's all gone. Never, never since, not one time, pack a day of cigarettes, no withdrawal symptoms, no like phlegm, no nothing. Miraculously delivered me from all of my drug addictions, everything. And some of you here, you need deliverance from something. It doesn't have to be drugs. You know, anything that you in your life you go to for uh, when, I, when I don't feel right, like when I don't feel like my purpose in life, and you go to this thing. For, sometimes it, for me, it's ice cream, like to be real. I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, ice cream. And, and it's, you know, and, and once in a while it's cool, but if that's your thing constantly, it's keeping you from God. He wants you. He wants to pull you in close and say, let me take care of that for you. Let me take care of that discomfort, that pain, that hole in your heart. So it's, there's been so much more since, you know, baptism in water was something that I didn't quite understand at the time, but I said, hey, Jesus did it, so I'm going to do it. And then it took me about six months to find out about the Holy Spirit, but man, that's just been the most amazing thing. So that's a long story for another time. But um, yeah, I mean, some of you guys right now, I mean, he says, I stand at the door and knock. And some of you right now, he's knocking and you're saying, man, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I need this. I need this freedom. I want to be free. And he wants you to be free. So if you want to get free, come now. Come now and we're going to pray for you to get free. Whatever it is. Right now, any addiction, any hopelessness in your life, there's no shame in it. There's no shame. There's no shame. He wants you to be free. So if that's you, come on. Come on. Amen. Hey, let's hear it from Let's clap. Clap. Here he is. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. 
Anybody else? Come on. He's, he's not limited. All right. So everybody just, uh, yeah, hey, come on down. Come on down. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. So we're just going to pray right now. Say, Father in heaven, I want to know you. I want to be free. I invite you, Jesus, into my life right now. Yeah. Set me free of everything and fill me with yourself. Fill me with yourself. I give my heart to you. I give my addictions to you. And right now, addictions, in the name of Jesus, leave these lives, leave the life of every person in this place, in Jesus' name, right now. Oh, Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Yeah, just receive from him. Holy Spirit, come, God. Yeah. Jesus. Amen. I want to bless the courage that you came up for more. I bless the courage. And thank you, Jesus, for always answering us. Thank you for always answering us. Help us, I ask for each one who, who came forward that they would know your answers, that they would experience your answers. There would be clarity. And that well-being, that shalom, um, a new shalom, a new clarity, a new sense of well-being. And we, I ask that any ways, any ways they've been tormented, that you would destroy the, the work of the tormentors and you set them free from that. Amen. <laughs>